1: Sarah Olson-Smith, what a blessing to be with you today. As followers of Jesus, prayer is one of our primary practices of faith, but we don't always know how to pray or why or when. This is nothing new. In fact, in Jesus' day, Jesus' friends wondered the same things. They had watched Jesus pray and seen how prayer was such a part of his life, and they wanted some of that same peace grounding, courage, and assurance, the same things Jesus gained through prayer. And so they asked him, Jesus, teach us to pray. I'll share in a bit a few things I've experienced in prayer and how prayer pulls us deeply into relationship with God and one another. But before I do, let's listen to Jesus teaching about prayer from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father, may your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. But the friend answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything out of friendship, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for a fish, would give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asked for an egg, would give a scorpion? If you, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him?" This is the Gospel of the Lord, and here are some of my reflections on those words. Well, grace to you in peace from Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. A few weeks ago, our family was invited to celebrate the 25th wedding anniversary of some beloved family friends of ours. And they were celebrating a mass uh, for the anniversary, and it was down at St. Anthony Catholic Church just south of us in central Davenport. And if you haven't been inside St. Anthony, it's a beautiful sanctuary full of all kinds of art and statuary. There's paintings of um, images of Jesus and the saints, stories from the Bible all over the ceiling and all over the walls. There's all kinds of statuary of different saints and the stations of the cross, those last moments of Jesus life all around the sanctuary. There are kneelers there, and so when it came time to pray, our family, along with everyone worshiping, pulled the kneelers out and sat to kneel, and my kids thought this was pretty cool because we don't kneel really here, and uh, so we were kneeling and praying, and I knelt, and I folded my hands, and I closed my eyes, and I bowed my my head, and my son, who's seven, was sitting next to me and and was so still, and this is out of the ordinary, (laughs) So I like, oh, I kind of, you know, like you do, I peeked open my eyes a little bit as I prayed to see what he was happening next to me. And there, was, there he was, he was holding on to the pew in front of him and leaning back as far as he could, his head back, his eyes wide open, looking up at the ceiling. And I thought, my goodness, what a beautiful way to pray. <laughs> There he was. I'm sure he's looking at the art, but maybe not. But there he was. There he was with his heart open, his eyes full of awe and wonder, taking in the world. So often we think that prayer has all these sorts of rules and regulations that we've been taught. Hold your hands, bow your head, close your eyes. We think that there's special words we have to pray, and the more flowery, the better that prayer is so special that we have to like, only let people who know what they're doing use the power of prayer. But the thing is, especially as we heard today, Jesus, when he, Jesus teaches us about prayer, if you notice, there aren't really any rules there. Jesus doesn't give us any shoulds about prayer. Jesus seems to be a whole lot less concerned about the whens and the whys and the hows of the prayer and so much more concerned about who. For Jesus, prayer is about relationship. Prayer is the way we connect to God and God connects to us. And it's not just about to whom we pray, but also with whom we pray. Because prayer doesn't just bind us into relationship with God, but with one another. And I think those first two words of what is now known as the Lord's Prayer can give us so much insight about what prayer is. Those two words, our Father. Jesus said, pray this way. And those first words is our, our Father. It's not my Father. In fact, all of those verbs and words that he uses are in the plural, not the singular. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses save us from the time of trial. Prayer for Jesus is always communal, even when we do it alone. It's sort of an amazing thing to think. In just a little bit, we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. And as we do, we can think that all over this world, in all kinds of languages, in congregations that have all sorts of different worship styles or different opinions about all sorts of things. Still, Christians gather and say these same words, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, all over the world. And it's not just now, but Christians from all times before us and all those coming after us share this same prayer. It's incredible, incredible to know that we are not alone, but held in this great current of God's people. Longing for the same kingdom to become known on earth. Hoping for enough bread to sustain us. Longing for forgiveness and trying to forgive. When we pray that ancient prayer or ones with our own words or even in our own quiet stillness, we are not alone. And this can give us courage and hope and confidence that others are with us sharing with us our longings, carrying our burdens. I was thinking about this as uh, earlier this week, some of us around here watched um, the movie Just Mercy, a book we read here as our All St. Paul Reads book about five years ago about the lawyer Brian Stevenson, who did all sorts of incredible work for uh, men who are on death row. And in the movie, there's a man who is about to Um, die-electric chair and there he's kind of making his way to his death and he stops at the cell of his best friend Johnny D and he leans in and they're separated by bars but so close and he he said Herb, Herb Richardson is his name, and Herb says to Johnny D, I don't want to be alone. And Johnny D says, we're with you. We'll be with you. And so then as he's about to be killed, The others who are incarcerated, starting by Johnny D., they start banging their metal cups on the bars and their spoons, and still soon the whole prison is banging with this loud metal banging, and then prisoners start shouting, we're with you. We're with you, Herb. We love you. You're not alone. And there, in the movie, you get the shot of Herb as he's in the electric chair, and You can hear that. He hears that banging and shouting through the vents of the prison. And you see this peace wash over him. This peace wash over him. That clanging and the banging was a bold and powerful and resolute prayer. This is what happens when we pray. We are pulled into connection and solidarity with one another The people for whom we pray become a part of our lives, transform us for the inside out, and we work in different ways so that we can become an answer to our prayers. And those for whom we are praying somehow mysteriously feel our love and care for them, even if they can't hear it like Herb heard through those prison vents, we can feel it. I know this because I've been on the receiving end of those prayers, and I know many of you too have felt the power of prayer when you're held so powerfully in prayer. I think about it most, most fully when my dad was dying, and we were prayed for by so many people, and near the end as he went into hospice and we realized that um, those prayers we prayed for his healing wouldn't be coming, that the multiple myeloma was eating at his bones too much. Still, Hill. those prayers worked in enormously transformative ways to give me and my family courage, to remind us that we weren't alone, to teach us the faith that we had, didn't know how to think anymore. Those prayers held us and carried us. I don't know the mysteries of how it works or what it was, but what I know is that those prayers saved me and healed me and held me at a time when I felt so alone and so despairing. Through our prayers, God answers our prayers to give us just what we need. Our prayers bind us up with one another, but it's not just that one another that we get connected to, it's God who we are bound up with in our prayers. Jesus teaches that prayer and begins it by saying, Our Father, naming this relationship we have with God, God is our parent with a love beyond the goodness and the failings of our earthly parents. And it names God's closeness, God's care. When we pray, it's not just to some distant God far away, but to a parent who loves us, who knows us, who cares for us. I often think about prayer as kind of resting in God's care. When I was a kid, my dad would always be the first one up at our house and he'd get a cup of coffee and was quietly reading in the mornings and he would, um, I would also wake up early and I would walk down to my dad with my blanket and I'd just snuggle into his lap in the quiet of the morning and we'd just sit still and quiet. And this is what our praying is like, snuggling into the gracious arms of our loving parent just to be to be reminded that we are loved and held and cared for no matter what, to be reminded of God's abiding presence. And after naming God our parent, Jesus goes on to teach us this Lord's Prayer. And we say it so often, but if you listen, it's pretty direct. And there's not a lot of fancy word. It's very simple. And it's not particularly polite either. We say, God, your kingdom come. Give us this bread. Forgive us our, as we forgive others. There's such a directness to this. And then Jesus goes on to tell a story about prayer and a friend who is persistent and shameless in his demands. And I wonder what our prayer life would be if we were as persistent and demanding What would our prayer be like if we turn to God with all of those yearnings in our hearts, all of those things we hope for and long for, those things that break our hearts, to name without shame the ways that we are empty or the ways that the reign of God has not yet broken into this world, to pound on that door with authenticity and truth, God doesn't care if our prayers are proper or theologically sound. God simply wants a deeper relationship with us, to know our hearts and to be known by us. This week, a woman came into church and she asked if there's a pastor available to talk. And I was, so I sat and talked with her for a while but mostly I just listened. I sat down and she said, I don't need anything from you. I just need someone to listen. And so I did. And she talked about her boyfriend in jail and living on disability and how hard it is to pay rent and have enough food, especially with prices being so high. She talked about how much she longs for her body to work again and for, to have a sense of security and safety. And then she just sort of stopped and looked at me and said, thanks, I feel a lot better. And then she just left. (laughs) But that's so often what we need and what prayer can be for us, just to talk, to name the stuff that is deep in our hearts, to help us make sense of it so that we can hear in our longings the ways that we are being guided to act, so we can listen to the ways that we can be an answer to the prayers of those longings. And so we can be persistent and bold and shameless and hold nothing back. To name those things, to name the names of those people, we long for healing and hope of their minds or their bodies, to shout out our anger or our fear of too many people who die from gun violence in this world. All those things that keep us awake at night and not just the things that are hard or worrying us, But we can also be so bold in the things that bring us joy and delight and gratitude. To be thankful for a surgery that went well or the life of someone we love, the life well lived and peacefully ended. To thank God for first responders and those helpers. And even simple things, to praise God for the beauty of zinnias or the taste of sweet corn in July and the gift of friends. There's nothing too big and nothing too small. We don't have to hold anything back from God, but God will hold it all, receive it all. In our praying, we can just give our whole self to God, and God will receive it with such tender, merciful love. The Franciscan writer and teacher, Richard Rohr, talks about prayer as playing catch, a kid and a dad or mom and a daughter playing catch back and forth and back and forth, tossing the ball. I think we can think about prayer as tossing to God all of our worries and our fears and our hopes and our gratitude and trusting that God is there always to receive it. And then God tosses back to us God's own self, love and mercy and courage and hope. So much of prayer is simply opening our hands to receive the goodness and the love that God is tossing to us. It's about opening our lives to, the, to love and be loved by a community of God's people. Or maybe prayer is just simply leaning back, leaning back and being held in God's care and opening our eyes to the wonder and the goodness of this world and to receive the love of God poured into our lives over and over and over again. Amen. The
2: peace of the earth.
1: prayer that Jesus taught us, the prayer that binds us together with so many others, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial And deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now, receive these words of blessing. Open wide your heart, your hands, your life, to receive the love that God so abundantly pours out. And the God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always. Amen.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way, you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul podcast.